everybody. Welcome back to Coffee Connections. My name is Seth Weiner and I am your Rockshineer. I'm broadcasting today from sunny South Florida at uh, a friend of mine, Professor Dr. Lichter's house, uh, where I'm staying currently because I came down here uh, uh, early, uh, well, early, excuse me, late December. Um, my mother was uh, ill and she passed away. And um, so I'm staying down here to help my dad transition. So uh, the broadcast for the next couple of weeks will be uh, scattered. Uh, and um, I'm going to be helping him transition, so I'm going to take a little bit of time. But on that note, I do want to let everyone know that I'm dedicating this entire series, uh, this season, I guess you could say, to my mother, Jane Weiner. She was a mother. She was a nana, a wife, and an incredible mentor. Um, One of the things that uh, I found through her passing. Now, we all spend so much time focused on like you go to therapy, right? And talk about all the things about our parents and this and that. One of the things uh, that I just never really, really sat with was how much alike I am to my mother. And I say this because in her passing, she was a a RDH uh, mentor and had a seminar she taught, but she would, she was so well respected within her community. And the way people spoke about her was so lovely. Uh, and there's just so, so many parallels to the life she lived and how she was and how she treated friends, et cetera, uh, that, that I, I see in myself. And I didn't realize that. And just, uh, uh, just sharing a little bit there. All right. For today's show, though, uh, we, um, we are joined by Elliot Karp. He's the CEO of Hillel's of Georgia. Now, Elliot um, is... Uh, an accomplished professional who has proudly served the Jewish community for four decades. He devotes his career to vibrant Jewish life at home in Israel and around the Jewish world. He has extensive experience in financial resource development, programming, marketing, community relations, facilities, management and security, strategic planning, board leadership, governance and staff development. His list goes on and on about his skills. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. Uh, Elliot, let's uh, bring Elliot in here. There he is. <laughs> Hello, Elliot. Whoop! You know what? I think I got you muted. See, I told you I'm a little rusty, folks. There we go. Welcome to the I, show, Elliot. Hi, Seth. Thanks for that introduction. I, all I could think of is I'd like to meet that guy that you just read that bio about. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> so, uh, is he there? No I'm kidding. <laughs> so, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. Now, there's a coffee mug under you, but my question to you is, do you drink coffee? I do indeed drink coffee, probably more than I should every day. Um, And I've got my trusty Hillel mug here with me. Let's Um, take a look at that. There you go. And, you know, before before we chat a little bit about what's on your mind and what's on my mind, let me, uh, I was touched by your opening, and let me express uh, our condolences, our sympathies. Your mother sounded like... Uh, quite a, a wonderful woman, and my hope and prayer is is that her memory will always be a, for a blessing for you and your father and all that knew her. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. So, with coffee, you got the mug there. Let's uh, let's see. Uh, do you like your coffee dark or uh, do you like it light? What's your what's your? Yeah, uh, I, I I take my coffee without anything other than just a little equal. I give it a little bit of sweetness, uh, no cream, no milk. Um, and uh, usually several cups of coffee up until noontime. Then afternoon, it's water, Powerade, whatever, just to get me through the day. And and definitely no caffeine late into the night. Okay. Now with a coffee, I, I'm, I'm assuming based off the mug that you prefer it uh, hot than cold? Uh, this time of year, for sure. 
<laughs> You're right. Uh, you know, uh, a nice tall glass of iced coffee uh, in the summertime uh, when it's really hot and humid and sticky outside, maybe even with a dollop of vanilla ice cream. Yeah, I, I, I could do that. Okay. Now, it's, it's the Hillel's, uh, I remember going to Hillel when I was in college, and they all, I probably got addicted to coffee because of Hillel's when I really think about it. <laughs> it was like well, it was, it was like the coffee shop for for uh, at Florida State for well the Jewish groups here. It, 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 there's no question about that. You know, one of one of our most important programs is uh, our coffee program. Um, you know, Hillel is the Jewish community on college campuses, so we are here to support Jewish students uh, on all of our campuses. And the way we uh, we go about doing that initially is by uh, reaching out and meeting as many Jewish students as possible. And we do it through coffee connections. And uh, I think last year we had well over 3,000 coffee appointments uh, on our dozen or so college campuses across the state. So that's a lot of caffeine. That sure is. Well, tell everyone a little bit about uh, Hillel's of Georgia and what your role there is as CEO. Um, Hillel is an international movement of Jewish students and Jewish community and Jewish life on college campuses all over the world. Uh, started almost 100 years ago here in the United States. And uh, here in the state of Georgia, we have an umbrella organization, which is Hillel's of Georgia, which I am the CEO. And we are responsible for Jewish life and living in Jewish communities on 24 campuses across the state. Uh, with more than 5,000 Jewish students. So what does that mean practically? Uh, anything and everything. It's everything from Sabbath observances and holidays and meals to Jewish education and learning to social action and community service to leadership development uh, to just plain old socializing and giving Jewish students a home away from home uh, and someplace that they can come and gather and socialize and, uh, and enjoy themselves. But our program is as multifaceted as the students that we serve. And um, we, we do that through student empowerment. So in other words, if you're a student on a college campus and you want to create a program, uh, you have an idea for a Jewish acapella group, or you want to have a Jewish book club, or yoga, uh, just to give you some of the examples of the things that we do, uh, we're here for you, and we work with our student leaders uh, in developing them. Yes, uh, that's excellent. Now, uh, I will tell a little story. Uh, when I was in, in college, Florida State University, we had uh, Rabbi Ron Goff was the Hillel director back then. Now, uh, on a side note, we, uh, a, a college friend of mine and I the other day, when I was going through my, my mom's stuff, I found a letter that Ron Goff wrote Um and so I decided I would look him up and find him. And I found him. He's 80, I think, three or 84 years old. And we're going to Zoom with him in a couple uh, on Sunday. So at any rate, though, to the story, um, to what you're saying, I remember being a college student. And now, mind you, I'm in the music industry now. But my first event I ever produced and put on was for Hillel. And it was a Purim party. And I remember that, you know, when Ron said, you know, Rabbi Goff said, uh, what are you going to do for Purim? I go, what's Purim? And then he tells me, I go, that sounds like a fun party. He goes, well, why don't you throw a party? And I was like, well, how? He goes, tell me how much you need. <laughs> and so that's, I got, that was it. And that started my career. That is the method to our madness. Look, you know, uh, 
my philosophy and, and our operating premise at Hillel is that we are a big tent. And that tent is not made of a single piece of fabric. In fact, it's a, it's a quilt. And we do not have walls in our tent. Our tent is open all the way around 360. And we encourage Jewish students and quite honestly, non-Jewish students to come and explore Judaism, Jewish life, Jewish living, whatever fashion they want to. So if you are uh, a student that is concerned about uh, Israel, if you're concerned about racial justice, if you're concerned about cultural arts, if you're concerned about career advancement, if you're concerned about mental health and welfare and well-being, or if you simply just want to get together and have a bagel and a cup of coffee with some other students, stand under the piece of the quilt that, that you identify with. And once you're underneath our, our tent, look into the other areas, explore the other areas, find other areas that are of interest to you. And uh, that's the secret to our success, uh, is that we empower students to pursue their Jewish identities. We're here to help facilitate uh, their Jewish journeys. We're also here to ensure that Jewish students have a safe, secure, open, welcoming, and inclusive home on campus. And in that regard, we work very closely with our university partners to ensure that kind of campus climate, not just for Jewish students, but in fact for all students, especially these days, uh, with there being so much uh, friction and divisiveness and hatred and bigotry in our world, in our society, in our nation. You know, we want to create a campus community where everyone is respected, everyone is welcome, everyone is meant to feel included, um, and that we combat any form of bigotry or hatred, not just that which is directed against Jewish students and anti-Semitism or anti-Israel sentiment, um, but any form of hatred. Now, when it comes to programming and what have you, in the last year, obviously, we've with the pandemic, we have lots and have gone virtual. And I'm curious, has the programming changed much? And I, I imagine it has. But can you share a little bit about how the program has changed, how you pivoted for Hillel to be able to accommodate students in this uh, climate? Yeah, I mean, uh, you use the words that we use all the time. I mean, uh, for almost 10 months now, we have been pivoting uh, everything that we did previously in person. Uh, has gone uh, virtual and online. So if it's uh, a, a study session with a uh, educator or a rabbi, if it is conversations with leaders in, in industry, in the Jewish community in Israel, uh, we're offering all kinds of virtual seminars. Some of them could be a handful of students and others can be dozens, if not hundreds of students. Um, you know, this past fall, as an example, uh, we did not hold high holiday services for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because of the pandemic, uh, but we pivoted. We held them online, uh, and uh, we had, you know, literally people not only from within our campus communities but from all over the world joining us. Um, and we that doesn't mean that we're not meeting in person, but our meetings in person are small. Uh, usually one or two students at a time, socially distanced. We wear masks when we're out in public in our office, uh, or we meet outdoors. Uh, and even then when it's outdoors, um, we uh, make sure that we're socially distanced. Everyone is required to wear masks. Uh, but we've not missed a beat. And in fact, I, I think as a result of going virtual, we actually have found more creative 
topics that students are interested in, and we're offering more than perhaps we would have offered in the past. Now, in the auctioneer community, we are looking in the, you know, the crystal ball because we all have all the answers. No, I'm kidding. But when we're looking to the future here and more people are vaccinated, when it comes to those in-person gatherings, we believe that we're going to see a hybrid situation where those that are comfortable are going to meet in person. And then the other side of the fundraising will be vir done virtually all, you know, from the same place. So if it's, a, it's your traditional gala, there'll be people there and that'll be streamed. So I'm curious with the programming, so let's say a guest lecturer or whatever Hillel might have going on, do you find that you might be doing a hybrid in the future or do you think there'll be an itch just to go back in person? You know, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, and the first thought that came into my mind is the old adage that those that know don't say and those that say don't know. So what tomorrow will bring, who knows? We're going to have to experience it that together. Uh, I am hopeful that one of the outcomes of the pandemic is a realization of how important community is and human interaction and personal relationships and meeting people. And I hope that we, when safe, will be back to more traditional programs and interactions uh, because that's what I hear from students, that that's what they're desirous of. No one, no one really wants to be in a virtual classroom. They want to be with their peers. They want to be with their professors, their faculty members. They want to have that kind of interaction, which you cannot replicate. I mean, it comes close online, but it's not the same of having conversation before class starts or after class. And the same thing with events in the community. Um, we've pivoted to lots of virtual events. I think you're probably right. There will be for some time a lot of people, even with vaccinations and hopefully the development of herd immunity, that people will be more inclined to go back out into public. But I think for a while, there's going to be a lot of reluctance and reticence because we really don't know what we're dealing with here. This is right. very unusual, very scary. So I think the, the key words for us has been for the last year and it will be for the next period of time to be flexible and to be adaptive. Now with students, uh, I'm curious, are they finding um, a deeper connection to Hillel or a deeper desire to be connected to Hillel during the pandemic because they just want that connection? Most definitely. Uh, you know, even though we have limited our programming in person, one of our most popular programs is every Friday night we would have Shabbat, the Sabbath uh, services and dinner. I mean, much of Jewish celebration revolves around food, of course, right? Uh, so students love to come Friday night for Friday night Shabbat, Shabbat services and then uh, our meal. We're not able to do that right now. It's just not practically safe to be able to do it in this environment. But again, we pivoted. So we are now providing students with what we call Shabbox, which is a Shabbat meal in a like box. That. So when we're normally we might see 100 to 150 students coming across several campuses on a Friday night for dinner here in our buildings, we're now giving out almost double the number of Shabbat boxes. Why? Because they still have to come here outdoors and pick up the box. We give them a, an elbow bump. We ask how they're doing. They tell us how they're doing. And we say Shabbat Shalom. You know, and if you need anything, we're always here. Telephone call, an email, a text message. So I think that's part of that response that, you know what, uh, students crave that human interaction that they're missing, the fact that they have been quarantined to one degree or another. It's, it's lonely and it's frightening. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, that's great. I love the shabak son of a shabak. I love it. I mean, I'm 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 all about the puns. You know, it comes <laughs> in my blood. Uh, what, before we get into fundraising, one other thing that comes to mind though is, and not to age myself here, but I did graduate in the year 2000, and between '96 and 2000 were my college years, and there was a stigma when I when I got into college. Uh, Hillelian, it was, you know, it was not the cool place to be, and there was a. Uh, Hillel International at that point. This is right before, um, right before uh, the uh, birthright trip. I was actually on the first birthright trip, uh, the the prototype. Uh, but the uh, there was a the Hillelian. There was a thing, and and they worked so hard uh, to really change that. And I think a lot of that was done by really reaching out to others. And and like you said in the beginning of this broadcast here, what are you interested in? And that was a big thing. It wasn't like, this is what we do. It's not just Shabbat. It's not just a lecture. It's like, what do you want? And, and I feel like, for me, I saw the change happen in Florida State University. Uh, how has that happened across the board, especially at Hillel's of Georgia? Exactly the same thing. I mean, it's what, what you observed in my comments and what we do. We're, we're very much about student engagement and student empowerment. So, um, I guess to use another expression, it's not what we're selling, it's what people are interested in buying. And therefore, we start where the students are at. That's one That's one important principle. Second important principle, as wonderful as our facilities are, the Marcus Hillel Center at Emory University, the Hillel House at University of Georgia, the Hillel House at Georgia College, um, we're about taking our programming uh, outside of our four walls and, and going onto campus and going to the dormitories and going to the frat houses. Uh, so we work collaboratively with other campus partners. And most importantly, you know, we spend a lot of our time at student unions and at coffee shops and other places where students uh, congregate. Now, having said that, look, uh, I think we do a far better job. I think Hillel today is not the Hillel of uh, when you were a student. And certainly I've got a few years on you, so I'll go back even further. <laughs> Uh, but in every generation, I think there's that perception and perception becomes reality. Um, but we're, we're sensitive to it. We're attentive to it. We realize that I'm not here <clears throat> trying to create the Hillel that I uh, attended when I was an undergraduate. I'm here to serve the students of today and what their interests are in. And my staff is very dedicated to that. Um, and so, um, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to, you know, say, find your place. It's, it's what I described to you. It's that big tent. Right. It's that quilt. Um, you know, if you're interested in going to Israel, we have programs uh, to go to Israel. If you're interested in furthering your career, uh, we're creating new mentorship programs. If you're, if, if, you know, right now, one of the biggest issues on college campuses is mental health and welfare and well-being. Oh, yeah. You know, and one of our responses to that is creating a collaborative project with our Jewish family and career services, because each campus has a wonderful mental health center. But right now, given the environment, a student can literally wait weeks to see somebody. And we all know what that could ultimately potentially lead to. So we want to create an, a response that says, hey, you want to talk to somebody? You need some help? We're here. We'll open up the doors for you. So we're, we're trying to be as responsive as possible. Oh, that's that's outstanding. And mental health really is. One thing about mental health that that's so amazing right now is that and we're using the word stigma, right? There was a stigma on mental health. And it's so beautiful to see the public perception change taking place on all fronts 
from like you know here at Hillel in the music industry across the board. So that's just that's outstanding. And you said opening your doors, and it costs money to open doors. And now we're going to open a door into talking about fundraising. And when again, going back to when I was in Hillel, I used to be part of the Hillel's call bank doing the Hillelathon, where we would ask people for. $18 to give chai. And now with inflation, I imagine it's double chai. So what do you guys do for fundraising? And and, and before I give it to you, I want to congratulate you on your uh, recent um, award that you won with the uh, Jewish Federation's uh, event the other day. So I'll hand it to you to talk a little bit about how you go about fundraising. Yeah, uh, listen, we do it all. Um, you know, here at Hillel, uh, we believe uh, that uh, those that wish to support us and further our mission, whether they are students, alumni, alumni families, uh, or community members, uh, you have the opportunity. We have an annual fund. Uh, we have any number of appeals during the course of the year. Um, we have student telethons uh, like you experienced, uh, but we send out direct mail pieces. And our, our signature program <clears throat> has been our campus superstar program every spring. Um, and that's undergoing an evaluation right now. I think we're going to, again, use the word pivot to a, a new concept and a new format uh, this coming spring. Um, but you know, bottom line at the end of the day, whether it's $1 or hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, uh, people who wish to support us in our efforts are, are more than welcome. Uh, Donors have the ability of supporting the campus that they are more aligned with. If they're an alum of, uh, of Emory versus University of Georgia, or you know, if donors want to underwrite uh, Shabbat meals, uh, they have the ability to do all that. Uh, so we're, we're, we're very nimble and we're very creative and responsive to donors' needs and interests. I'll never forget the bagel brunches on Sunday, every uh, every Sunday at Florida State. And they would always have someone local sponsor it. And that was always great. And that was uh, that was a thing. So, yeah, the local sponsorships and uh, the alumni sponsorships. That's great. And, and thank you answered a question. I was curious. Do, do, can, do people donate directly or to a, a school or does it all go to a general fund? So are the schools are the, each Hillel uh, responsible for their own fundraising? Or, again, does that kind of come as a they, yeah. responsible for something. Well, again, as an umbrella organization, Hillels of Georgia takes responsibility of all of our campuses, but we work in coordination. Every campus and every campus director uh, has a goal and objective, but we're very much an integrated approach. So, uh, you know, uh, everyone, everyone on staff knows that they are, in fact, a fundraiser. OK, and they can identify right. prospects. Uh, they can solicit. Um, and again, you know, if uh, if a donor says, look, I'm going to give you this dollar, but I want it to go to a particular college or university or a particular program, you know, we have the mechanism to ensure that and to guarantee that. Interesting. And well, yeah, so that, yeah, you answer, pretty much answered all my questions on that. But when it comes to grants, uh, you mentioned um, you mentioned earlier that you were working on a grant. Are you the main grant writer then at this point for the Hillels of Georgia or is it all depend on the grant? Uh, it depends on the grant. I mean, we're, we're very fortunate. We have a director of uh, development and marketing, and we have an associate working uh, with her. Uh, we have a very active, uh, you know, vice chair of our board and a development committee. And our all of our board members are deputized ambassadors in the community and uh, are constantly uh, being encouraged to uh, recommend people and open up doors and make connections. Um, we're very, very fortunate in Hills of Georgia that we have 
Uh, we enjoy tremendous support and generosity from the community at large, uh, including our Jewish Federation, the Jewish Federation of Greater Atlanta, and uh, and several important leading foundations in our community. Um, but it, as in any enterprise, uh, any nonprofit enterprise, um, the issue is we want to do more. In order to do more, we, we need to raise more. And uh, my personal philosophy is uh, we're going to find the funds to support all the initiatives that students and staff bring forward. It's not a matter of how do you cut the pie into small enough pieces to make everybody equally unhappy. Rather, the question always is, how do you bake bigger pies? Okay, and in that regard, uh, we've got a lot of work to do. There are a lot of alumni, there are a lot of families, there are a lot of alumni families that we're working with. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're, I'm having very close conversations with someone who is closely aligned with one of our universities who, quite honestly, just as a result of listening to them one day when they were calling and they were looking for some help and suggestions, that that conversation now has led to many, many others. And, and uh, there's the possibility, uh, the prospect, really, of, of a very significant benefaction that will come out of it. So, you know, uh, I, I think the key for any fundraiser is, uh, you know, you never know who you're speaking with. You never know what the potential is going to be. And uh, a little bit of kindness, which is what happened in this instance, where it wasn't really my wheelhouse, the, the the topic and the subject. But, you know, I listened carefully and I made a couple of suggestions and, you know, that opened up other doors and you, you never know what comes out of those conversations. You never do. And I'm going to give you one on this conversation. When things get normal again, whatever that is, and and you have tailgate parties again and you can sell and do a fundraiser to tailgate. May I present to you latkes? A fundraiser. You go ahead and sell latkes at the lot. There you go. I like that. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, just to give you a pun, you know. Yeah, uh, well, okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Before we close things out, is there anything that um, you wanted to mention that we didn't mention? You know, I would simply encourage uh, your listeners uh, to go to our website. Thank you for putting it up on the screen. Uh, we're very, very proud of it. It's, it's, it's uh, rebranded. It's brand new. Uh, we're putting a lot of time and energy into it, but you'll be able to find all of our activities uh, as Hills of Georgia and by campus as well. Uh, uh, and you'll also find information about how you can support Hills of Georgia. And uh, this has been a great opportunity to have the chat. Uh, the only thing that you didn't prep me for, okay, the next time you bring me on, I'm going to have to wear my sequin jacket. I'll tell you what, come to an auction, I'll sell you this off my back. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll see if we can get somebody to pledge so that I can take it off your back. All right. Hey, listen, folks, if you want my, to give him my jacket, just yeah. go ahead and email Seth at YourRockShare.com, make a bid, and the highest bid I will sell and the highest give bid all the money to Hillel of Georgia. I like that. Game on. All right. Um, I want to, I wanna, before we go, uh, as I close every interview, is uh, you get to choose one of my future guests. Uh, so, is there an organization in Atlanta that you would like to recommend, a nonprofit? I think it's a great idea. And uh, certainly being relatively new to Atlanta, because I only moved here uh, eight months ago, uh, I've met so many wonderful colleagues, but one in particular, Terry Bonoff, is the CEO of Jewish Family and Career Services. And apropos of our earlier conversation about mental health, 
we are doing a lot of collaborative work with Terry and her organization is helping so many people today that are in desperate need of social services, financial assistance, COVID relief. And uh, she's, a, she's a wonderful professional. She's a caring, compassionate individual. And I think you'll really enjoy interviewing her on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the intro uh, to Terry. That'd be wonderful. Uh, before I let you go, one last question. Uh, the intro music that I played today, any clue who that might have been? Uh, I was listening to the music. I wasn't necessarily uh -huh. paying attention to who it was. Um, I'll give you a hint. They're a, they're, they're a West Coast band, be, and they were established before Matas Yahoo. Oh gosh, now now, now right. I'm out of my I'm out of my wheelhouse now. Moshav band, Moshav. Okay, Moshav band. But it's great. Yeah. Um, They've done a lot don't don't ask me to sing it. I'm not. Yeah, I don't got a. I don't have a voice, but I appreciated it, and the video was great as well. Thank uh, you for promoting you. my grandchildren. <laughs> I mean, what if you you know you got him, you got to. Um, thank you. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time. Before we go, I do want to thank one more person, uh, the Hillel of of, of uh, Florida State. When I when Ron Goff left, he left. He was left it in great hands with Melanie Annis. Uh, and she ran it for several years. She retired, I think, two years ago. But she did such a wonderful job there that I can't talk about Hillel without bringing up Melanie Annis. So uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to do that as well. Uh, thank everyone. Thank you, everyone who tuned in today. Uh, feel free to like, share, and join us again. We'll be back next Tuesday uh, with another guest, and we'll um, and come February we'll be back into a more of a regular rotation. So uh, all right. Well, thanks so much, uh, Elliot. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a good day.